So are we going to run these together? Uh, that's up to Ethan's discretion, but we just started recording. <laughs> okay, well, let's Good. just roll right in. Let's yeah, let's just, just roll right into this. Cool. All right. Hey, here we go. Welcome to X Garage. In case we want to make this a second episode. If not, we're splicing these together. Welcome to X Garage. Thank you so much for joining us today, where we are continuing our conversation on CRT. Heath, you had things you were saying. Thank you. Thank you, uh, uh, Jake, the snake, or Jake and O'Henry Ethan. Um, yes. Uh, basically, moving on from what we talked about in the, in the first bit there, just as a recap, real briefly, that the critical theory, critical race theory starts back with um, a presupposition, a worldview based, based in uh, Hegelian uh, understanding of history and um, ontology, really. Ontology is a study of being, how things exist, what they are, and basically that all life is a motion in process, and there's no, no, there's no definitive truth at any given moment because once you hold on to a truth, you're not keeping up with the process of movement. And, and so with that came this critical approach where you're always having to critique society uh, and un getting rid of those beliefs and practices which are conflicting with the movement of history. And, and again, that's a real, real summary. So please, if, if, if we splice this, go back. If not, then uh, that's, a good, uh, that's a good quick summary. Uh, anyway. To the point. Now, on evangelicalism with regard to CRT and critical theories in general, because we got feminism is also a, a view, a way of looking at society that is also based on a dialectic, which again goes back to Hegel. We mentioned about the thesis, synthesis, synthesis, uh, and then uh, also Marx liked Hegel. Uh, this is in his own writing that he believed Hegel's logic is the way to go because it brought up this, this idea of class relations and the oppressor and the oppressed. CRT is really using that um, dialectic. There's, no matter how you look at it, there's always gonna be a racial dialectic and you're either gonna be in one camp or the other. You're either an oppressor or an oppressee uh, or the oppressed. And so what's going on right now is in evangelicalism, you have a lot of uh, individuals, pastors we mentioned, uh, do you guys know some other pastors, teachers that are kind of in the, what they call quote unquote woke? I think, I think Tim Keller is, has uh, jumped on, on that. You, that's correct. I heard that just yesterday. Um, I'm a little slow on the news. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, it's, it's just an example right there. You got, we, we mentioned Chandler. Now we, uh, you mentioned Keller, uh, this, uh, Southern Baptist convention has adopted it. Uh, some of their critical race theory as a analytical tool some of their concepts probably intersectionality things like that and then you have acsi um american christian schools international that's what it stands for <laughs> um, they 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 are also now adopting crit, uh, critical race theory in terms of just offering it's not it's not enforced by any means but just offering uh resources for uh accredited teachers to be using to be thinking about how to engage racial injustice. With that said, though, um, biblically speaking, for, 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 for Christian um, institutions or even pastors who are 
uh, under the, the, the rule of Christ when they are preaching and teaching to their congregation, for them to step out and start to employ these other um, ways of looking at society is to actually step out onto Hegel, uh, a, a non, it's not even Hegel's worldview, as we mentioned in the first half. It's, it's actually ridding Hegel's, Hegel's approach of all theology and ideology and just looking at life in a purely evolutionary way where everything's in motion and, and thus an uh, unfolding. And because of that motion, there's always going to be conflict. And with that conflict, you're going to have these, this ideas. It really births the idea of the oppressor and oppressed. You see that connection there. And so this, I, this way of thinking, you're not going to go to scripture and see it that way. You're actually going to see quite a different narrative. You're going to see one in creation, one in Adam, all of humanity fell. Oppression and oppressor is each and every one of us. Um, and we're all oppressed by our own sin, et cetera. You know? so, um, and then you got one in Christ. Very clear, right? Even Galatians is strong on that when it comes to salvation. That's where the whole gender and the whole uh, ethnic background and what you hold to really falls out because we're one in salvation by the rule and reign of Christ. Now, that means we still keep our differences. We're still male and female. We're still Jew and Gentile in terms of our background and our heritage. But because we're saved in Christ, we can come together in those differences. So the biblical narrative shows actually a different hermeneutic or interpretive lens for social engagement. And this is where I kind of want to press back is Christ's rule seems to emphasize as we look in scripture, that unity amid diversity, the unity in our fall, that sin is really the oppression, that the healing is by repenting into Christ and coming under his rule as he defines what equity is, as he defines what justice is. And, what, and, and, and again, apart from Christ and his word, Equity and justice in these terms uh, have no meaning apart from Christ's word. After, if, you're, if we're not working from Christ's word, then the idea of equity and justice is always open to the ebb and flow of society to determine what equity and justice is. And um, so anyway, that goes back to that issue of presuppositional difference. But with the, regard to looking at life in terms of these class relations, it's, it's really saying instead of taking Christ's word, I'm going to take critical looking at the world according to my own uh, autonomous thinking and I'm going to look at characteristic traits and, and 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 begin to analyze people based on those characteristic traits so what ends up happening is my whole hermeneutic on looking at people in life becomes looking at them as black and white or Asian and white depending on where you're at demographically if I'm a white guy in China I am therefore going to be the oppressed and if you're, uh, you know, just, just name your environment, your social context, that's how it works. You're, you're automatically thrown in a group. And the, 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 the problem is, once again, is you don't see that way of thinking in scripture. And I want to use one text, and then I'll let you guys open for our discussion, has been used as saying, see, scripture does actually fit this whole um, idea of uh, oppress and oppress, oppress the, and, and then also uh, intersectionality on top of that. So with the oppressed and, a, and, a, and oppressor, there's also layers to it, right? We, we are, we've heard recently and it's, you know, become more pop culture now is the, that you can have several layers of being oppressed, which would be intersectionality. And thus the, that, that individual would need to be heard more in order that we hear their beliefs, 
reform our perspective or anything in our in social engagement that is causing that oppression needs to be reformed and therefore liberating that person. Uh, not even to ask the question whether or not the person is actually maybe doing so something that is not objectively right before Christ's word, right? So it doesn't even, that's not even in, 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 the, in the paradigm, but, but they usually will go to John 4, woman at the well, and say something, not usually, I, I only saw a couple examples of this, but it seems to be the, might be, maybe even Keller and others are using texts like this. And, and they'll say, well, she's a woman, a Sumerian, and here she is around Jewish men, or Jewish Jesus, and but I'm thinking right there. You're looking at well, okay. So so Jesus is an oppressor, you know. Like what are what how how does it, that you don't take a theory from 1900, uh, 1900 years after the text and call that the authorial intent, right? I'm not gonna. You can't go through the Bible and find critical theory, right? But but that's not John's intent of this passage. In fact, it's quite contrary. Jesus challenges, even though, in, a couple things, and then I'll stop. One is the Samaritans thought that they themselves were better than the Jews. So that's something that's often overlooked. So in this case, maybe she's the uh, uh, oppressor and Jesus the oppressed, depending on who you're talking to. You know, the, the, the Samaritans and the Jews both thought they were right. Um, they both argued over where worship truly resided. They both argued over what the, the uh, true uh, uh, the canon was if or sacred writings. They, they argued over these things. Um, uh, I may have been, I, mean, I might be mixing up some things on that last note, but anyway, the whole point is there was no real, there was no dialectic yeah. going on in this situation. Go ahead. Samaritans held to just the, the, the law, the Mosaic law. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. Um, because yeah. I was also thinking of the Sadducees who held to the the five books versus the Pharisees who held to all the right. Old Testament. And that and that holds to today. The Samaritans still only hold to the and they're still around. There are very few of them, but they're they're still still there. Yeah. So so you have um, that that going on where there's not a dialectic going on here. It's an issue of of appropriating God's word at the end of the day. Um, so we have, but even in the context, Jesus wait, challenges. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying, are you saying they're engaging in a cultural appropriation? Ah, uh, uh, no, guess. cultural. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. a buzzword. A lot, a lot of the CRT people like to use is is uh, so someone may be engaging in cultural appropriation in in that oppressor oppressy dialectic, and so you're saying that that they were. Uh, engaging in appropriation of the scriptures and so i was i was attempting who's to... appropriating them properly right. right and so what would they say about that about cultural appropriation explain that for a second i'm sorry what was the question how would they talk about cultural appropriation since you brought it up yeah uh clothing for example so if, if uh, uh a white person like we were studying uh reggae and uh rastafarian culture so if somebody saw a uh, a white person wear dreads or um had that kind of clothing then that would be seen as cultural appropriation okay yeah that's interesting i'll so, have to look at that too yeah. yeah that's fun so with uh uh jesus he's he's actually what's interesting is say say she they're taking it into that lens of this dialectic 
she's the, the oppressed, but Jesus would be the oppressor. And yet you think about it, Jesus actually challenges her beliefs and actually just straight up says, you guys are wrong. <laughs> He's like, uh, uh, the salvation comes from the Jews. He literally just straight up says what he says. And, and there's no, so Jesus would have been actually doubly, I mean, that's just not a good example. <laughs> so it's not, and that's not what the text is is about or what it's doing, but it just, this is where people, again, the idea that evangelicals have bought into this, this, this theory, critical lens that, that sets, that it begins to eisegete scripture to fit this extra biblical concept. It's, 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 it's strange to me that such great, uh, or uh, seemingly great thinkers within the, within Christendom are so enthralled in buying into this thought and then even appropriate taking texts like, like uh, John four and trying to say that we can find uh, intersectionality. Um, and, and, and so I don't know, let's hear your guys' thoughts on this before I kind of go into the last. Ethan, you're muted. What? How did that happen? Did you do that to me? <laughs> you muted me. Okay. Um, I, I guess just a couple of things. Uh, I know you you mentioned um, how can these great thinkers or you know pastors and stuff like that all of a sudden just sort of fallen into this? Um, and I I mean obviously there's there's lots of different things um, that I, I would say. I mean obviously um, it's it's hard to fight against culture. Um, and when you see something in culture that you you kind of see as maybe being redeemable it's like you almost like latch onto that because you're like oh we maybe we can find this common ground and 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 i think that's the that's that's the caveat is is like really there is no common ground i mean between between um those who've been called out and those those who are living in, in their pagan beliefs i mean what what union has light with darkness I mean, there, there, there is none. I mean, the, the world is going to try to come up with ways of solving their problems, but they're ultimately just going to continue to spiral into um, worse ways of solving their problems um, and, and, and actually creating more inequality. And, and these, these guys, these, these guys who are supposed to giants in Christianity, I mean, I don't know if you followed a lot about the docent research group um, and the whole um, plagiarizing of sermons and 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 stuff that's been going on in the SBC, but I think that has a lot to do with it. Is is these these guys are seemingly um, students of the Bible, but we find out that they're using this this docent research group to to get their sermons and and preach their sermons on Sunday, and you get to the point where you're like, wait, these people aren't even researching the Bible. To, to preach on Sunday, they're literally, they're literally just getting it from this large research group, which we've actually found out is actually liberal. And they're actually pumping out liberal ideas, um, CRT ideas. I mean, we get these, you know, we get these things that Matt Chandler is saying, where he's saying, you know, this is, I want this church to be now known as the, the melanin church and, and things that are just off the wall. Like what, what, this this guy who you know who yeah. who said so many things he seemed like he's on the, the straight and narrow now he just 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 derails it's 
it's wild. But but yeah, yeah once again, want, it's trying to yeah. find union with darkness, and we can't do that. I, I want to say thanks, Ethan, for mentioning. I, I, I sometimes, as I talk, I'll get carried away, and I, I agree that we the, the so when I said how can this be, you know, obviously it's rhetorical and also oh, yeah. oh. in a sense of in a sense in a genuine sense of it's it's sad, and no, it um, and it reminds me. I recently preached a short little sermon lecture for our school uh, where I teach it or I oversee the theology at. Uh, and yeah. it was on Hebrews 12, one and two. And you look at the great cloud of witnesses before it says, run mm -hmm. the race set before you. Throughout Hebrews, the race set before us is holding to the confession of which we've been given. That's from chapter two of Hebrews mm -hmm. all the way through this idea of holding your confession. That's the race you've got to run. You look at the crowd, crowd of witnesses they had to endure by holding on to the promises of God by faith. The promises was the word revealed in their time and their place. And they had to cling to the promise, which was ultimately Jesus is uh, the promise of the, the, the son who would come. And now we too are running this race by looking to the son. But the thing is interesting is in Hebrews goes to your point. Um, mm -hmm. The, the audience of Hebrews was struggling under uh, hardships and the author or the, his audience was struggling under, and the author was uh, concerned about them turning to another gospel. Hmm. And the thing is, there is that inter interesting thing that at that time they had the um, Jewish uh, um, um, not mysticism, but uh, Gnosticism, uh, hmm. the secret knowledge, which would have been great for the Hebrews to turn to during hardship, to turn to a secret knowledge where you're no longer under Christ's authority, but you can have a, a, a secret knowledge tell you, hey, I'm going to go with the flow of society this way. I'm going to go with the flow this way and that way. But the gospel does create that tension where we're living by the by looking to the cross of Christ, which means we have to die to our flesh and, and not being loved by the world uh, mm -hmm. at times. Uh, uh, you know, we grace the world, that's for sure. But there's always yeah. going to be, Jesus says, it's narrow and hard. It's, it's not an easy and wide way to follow the king. Uh, so I find like you're right, Chandler and others, it seems to me, I don't follow them. I've never been into following many pastors online, but other than Piper, sometimes back in the day, I used to listen to him a lot in MacArthur. But, um, but it seems to me, like you're saying, they've kind of bought into the flow of the pressures of society and what they're doing. And, and hopefully they do come to repent of it and come to see that, um, again, it's it's a 19th, 20th century German worldview that's predicated upon looking at life in a movement rather than underneath Christ's rule. Yes, Christians believe that that life is moving, but we also believe it's it's actually being providentially sustained according to certain certain ways in, in which God has established us. We are human. We are image bearers. That will never change. I don't, I don't care if you were born in, in the time of Noah or you're born today, you're always going to be an image bearer. Uh, at no point throughout history is Christ going to be taken off of his seat in his eternal rule. These things are, mm -hmm. are complete, accomplished, and set. The, the body, the, the faith has been handed uh, to us, Jude 1, and it's, mm -hmm. it's not going to change. So doctrine of the church does not change and i think that's what's going on is these philosophies kind of get creeping in and it ends up tweaking the way believers think about the world and then it tweaks the way we live in the world and it breeds compromise and uh a great hurt great harm to the church and uh yeah our we we tackled a lot of that in our the first half so yeah yeah Jake. Uh, 
it, it kind of reminds me, I think this is in, in Galatians. And I, 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 want, I want to preface, I'm not saying that I don't think that many of these people and, and probably all the ones we've talked about are, are brothers in Christ that are, are being misled by the varying pressures. I, I don't want to throw that kind of shade. <laughs> but at the same time, at the, at the end of, I think it's Galatians, it was at the end, um, where he, where Paul is talking about the, the, those that are influencing the church to just, just add circumcision, um, to your, to your, uh, faith and, and to, to, to your soteriology. Uh, and that's, that, that'll be enough. Um, and while Paul is obviously vehemently opposing that, uh, and kicking against that, you know, we, we, we are saved by faith alone, those types of concepts. Um, he mentions in, in one of the passages through there where he says, um, you know, like, am, am I doing these things for, and I'm, I'm going to misquote this terribly, but basically, am I doing this for, for men? If I, if I was, you know, uh, a lot of people, these people that are doing this so that they will not be criticized, essentially, it seems to be the, the thrust of the, the argument. So there, there are, there's an obvious temptation to act in such a way, is what I'm saying, to, to change your uh, views of the gospel, to change your views of scripture based on what will get you more or less criticism from external forces. Um, so I, I think I think there's just there there I think there should be a greater weariness if we're if we are obviously taking a a tool or a, a interpretive tool um, to the text of scripture that does not come from scripture itself. I'm I'm fine with with tools, but any time that you know if, if yes. If you're if you're taking something and you know if, if you have your your epistemological tower that you're building and the foundation should be scripture, they just want to slip this one piece of paper of CRT just just under it, you know. <laughs> it, but that's that's not where it should be. It should be Christ is the foundation, scripture is the foundation for our epistemological uh, tower that we're right. that we're building. You're, you're actually you're bringing up a point that I was trying to get at, which maybe that's how you picked up on it. Is is uh, is that uh, a believer's use of these as tools and so on and so forth, that is their understanding of common grace or the relationship between common grace and special grace or uh, general revelation and special revelation. But that's not a biblical teaching. That is not anything that could be drawn from scripture itself. And so that's an, that goes to, I'm going to use the term Jake, so don't make a joke again. That goes to one's appropriation of scripture and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and that itself is, is not necessarily uh, a, a biblical uh, position per se, in terms of, unless you're a denomination, you want to make a confession based on that position, go ahead um, and make that confessional, but that's just not something in scripture. And so I think that's the thing I want to just encourage believers is that actually you're, you're, um, for these, and that goes with, with churches, with, with Christian institutions like the SBC, for them to adopt this into their foundation is to say that, that it is on par with uh, clear biblical teaching uh, in a way that all believers in their denominations or in their churches can agree with. And I would argue that that's just not the case. What ends up happening is you end up cutting off a lot of believers who actually are saying, no, this is not fundamentally Christian. Uh, 
and and so it's a very narrow way of thinking really mm-hmm. um, it's actually it's actually not even this is funny it's actually contradictory to critical thinking itself on a christian paradigm if we're going to do that because we'd have to say well we should actually get rid of of any crt in in our statements because it is cutting off other believers within our community because a lot of other believers within that community don't agree therefore we should probably get rid of the crt stuff and just go back to where we were and then continue to live underneath biblical doctrine so it's funny how even in employing it into their system they're actually not going by the rules and methods of critical theory itself uh, because again within their community they're they're they've really just or maybe they are this goes back to critical theory maybe they are following critical theory in that they've just redefined what equity and justice are and that is for their system and for sbc equity and justice now means that we if you don't believe in adopting this as a, as analytical tools, then you are not fit for society in our community. <laughs> so, so, you know, <laughs> so it seems like one of, one of the goals of CR or CT in general is to put as many things in between those two letters as you can, right? So you want to have uh, a critical race series, obviously the one that we're talking about today, but, you know, fit anything in the middle. Uh, so J- James White is fond of saying that anything that goes between the C and the T uh, ultimately is destroyed, um, yeah. which I, I'm, I'm fond of that. So I, I propose a, a new critical theory. Ready for it? This is, this is big. Okay. okay. Ready for it. Okay. Critical, critical theory, theory. Nice. Nice. I See? like it. And that, that goes to the point. I think that goes that, that goes to the point. So like to, to, to wrap up our time, it's it's um uh, when you begin to look at the world in class relationships, that becomes the way you look at people. And so as Christians, mm-hmm. when we look at the world, we don't look at it as class relationships, we don't look at it as black and white or Asian in this or woman and male and female. We look at it as Yes, these distinctions exist because of God's goodness and God's creativity. And yet, we, and so we can look at that as being one in, in, in Christ or one in, one in creation, one in Adam, one in Christ. That there's, we don't look at it in a splintering way. I think that's what it does. It splinters our view of life. And then it becomes that it, 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 it um, re- reciprocates that racial way of looking at life in terms of racial racial uh critique is that you begin to always look at life in these in in the context of uh phenotype rather than looking at life in the context of being one in brotherhood of creatures made in god's image Mm -hmm. that's what i find just extremely unbiblical way of looking at the world yep yeah final thoughts ethan yeah because ultimately it's it's an idolatry issue i feel like because who are you who are you putting on the throne are you putting critical race theory as your ultimate paradigm to to understand life and society, or are you putting Christ on the on the throne of trying to understand that? And um, what, like you were saying, Jake, talking about the Judaizers during the during the time of 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 Paul and um, and these people in, in in the churches and writing to them in Philippians three, it says it says their their God is their belly. And we, we see that they're putting these ceremonial laws of, of how, what they're supposed to eat, um, uh, what Jewish people are supposed to eat, as, as that is the ultimate paradigm of, of their belief system. Um, these, that, that, that practice goes above um, 
this this imago day uh, uh, this idea of 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 god being on the throne and and when we we try to ascribe to these other ideas um and put those on the throne as the ultimate authority we we ultimately find ourselves a whole couple football fields away from where we're actually supposed to be yep cool well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us on X Garage. We enjoyed having you around. Leave us your comments, your likes, share this episode, and uh, we'll see you guys around next time. X Garage. X Garage.